Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sheila Shoiga and welcome to Ready To Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not. But my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. In this episode, I speak to dancer and choreographer, event organiser and producer and recently wedding celebrant, the brilliant Bonnie Boo. I'm a lot more introverted than people realise because obviously if you only see one side of someone, you know, what I do is very out there. You know, but I think there's a difference between confidence and then being extroverted, you know, and like I'm really confident and enjoy what I do, but doesn't mean that I want to be that extra all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, you know, I don't walk into a room and want everyone to look at me because I've walked into a room like on stage. That's my place where we've made that agreement that you're watching me now, you know, and um, I suppose with the wedding ceremonies, you're, you're there for the couple. You're not there for you. So what I mean by that is it's not about me when I'm marrying someone. It's about them. And because it's about them, I think the nervousness is coming from a place of really caring because I need to make sure that they have a great ceremony. Mm. Bonnie is a nature lover who lives in Waterford. And in this conversation, she tells us how dance was a big part of our healing journey. She talks about her path to burlesque, being a wedding celebrant and how she doesn't let a chronic health condition hold her back in life. She's one of a kind and I was thrilled to connect with her. Bonnie Boo! <laughs> Sheila Shoga. Bonnie Boo in the house! How you doing? In the chalk. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. I, uh, you know, because you're just such a brilliant human being. You're so much fun and what you're doing, I feel, <clears throat> excuse me, while I have a frog in my throat, I'll take a little drink. Rip it. Mm-hmm. Go on. <clears throat> I really feel what you're doing in terms of your work and what you are empowering others to feel in their bodies is really, really important. My heart. 
Thank you. Yeah, I mean that genuinely. So I'm proper excited to talk to you. And because you're a multi-faceted human being and you do a lot of stuff, we can go many different places in we this can. conversation. We can go to dark places and bright places. <laughs> Let's do it all. I'm I'm here for it all. We're here. Speaking oh. of dark and fun and, and all of those things, let's start with your recent performance yes. on the Vicar Street stage as part of Jenny Keane's first ever sex education show. I was there with my bestie. What a night. What a night. Honestly, I'm still I'm still pumped. I still yeah. feel the, the energy from that night, genuinely. It was incredible. Yeah. And when you came out on stage, the adoration from the audience. I mean, you got a standing ovation. We all went wild for you. Your performance was really quite something. Um, it had everything. For those who weren't there, right, because I absolutely cried laughing. <laughs> I felt so empowered. Um, it was incredibly freeing to watch you and had that ripple effect into the audience. But can you try, I know it's hard because you're a performer and it's all about the performance, but can you try and put into words what it was about what you were trying to do that night? Yeah. God, where do I start? First of all, I just want to say thanks. A proper thank you for having me here. Absolutely delighted. So um, Really am. Um, so, you know, I do so many different styles of performances, like from more comedic, more sensual and sexual and I suppose when it came to Jenny's show obviously there was a running team of sex yeah and um but you know when you only have one performance in a show I'm used to having a few you kind of want to touch on all all of the emotions yeah to kind of bring everyone in with you on that stage you know so that act for me has the comedic moments but that real raw and your belly impairment moments and that real just wild and free with your body and like that performance particularly has a story behind it as to mm. why I created it. Yeah, I created that act a long time ago. So I'd say five, well, that's not long ago, but five, maybe five years ago, maybe six max. And it came because long story short, I was uh, doing a performance for a show. I won't say what it is, but just like a show. And the audience were not great. And I'm being polite by saying that. And uh, a lady in the audience and I walked off stage very like in her energy just went oh, slut to me when I came off stage okay yeah and it was really interesting um I learned a lot throughout the years because I I now have bigger boundaries as to what shows I say yes and no to mm. not everyone I feel is ready or deserves to have that part of me put out um, out there Love you, ha- that. you know I really do believe that that's an important sentence isn't it yeah mm. and I feel that you can put that in all areas of your life but I yeah think when yeah, you're yeah. When you share such an open and vulnerable part of yourself on stage, especially with burlesque and the nudity and the vulnerability and all of that, you really need to be careful who you're letting in. You can't control it all the time, but when I can, you know, I, I don't say yes to certain, I don't say yes to all shows. A gig is not just a gig for me anymore. I get you. you know? I would imagine for, with with Jenny, because I know you're really good pals and you mm. do a lot of work together. I mean, you collaborate together a lot. Um, that it was, it was a hell yes. It was the perfect yeah place it's always a hell yes with Jenny I knew straight away yeah I just knew it would be the perfect act to bring in because you know and when that woman said that remark to me I I don't know if you remember but in the act I said it's all about intention so pay attention yes and watch this slot own it yeah and that's because you know words are just words it's the intention behind the words that really create the message and the and the power of them Mm, you know yeah so like you know it's like reclaiming words for yourself as we know lots of people do in different ways so um yeah, like 
we we can say slut in a really fun way in an endearing way in class no problem slut drop like let's do a slut drop you know yeah. but the woman that night didn't mean it she could have used another word for me and still had the same impact yes I so I you. decided to use that word and um I just want to say thank you to that lady because I've now made a lot of money from that act thank you <laughs> <laughs> but at the time I would imagine in that moment because we're not robots and and no. I know what it's like as well to have criticism and th- nasty things being, yeah. being said and there are times and times of the month where I can handle it yeah. and other times when it just it penetrates a bit deeper than I'd like it to yeah I, I, I'm probably going a little bit red even here thinking of it now because at the time I remember just feeling so like upset after the show and real mm. I didn't feel safe okay I'm feeling safe is really important for me and um, but you learn a lot from that, a lot. And and I know you know? you you know this, but it's important as well. I think to to always reiterate the message that when people say kind things about that others are mm. unkind things, as a case may be, it's a reflection on them, not on the person oh, they're saying it about. Big time, because if I was to take that as an insult, I'm like, how can I get insulted by being called a slut? Like, what defines a slut? You know. So it, yeah, it's yeah, funny. Yeah. So it's like. People are projecting when they do that. They don't know me. It's never personal. Like, I can't take it personally if I don't know them personally. So Mm. that woman just had her own issues. And I actually don't even have, I don't feel any way towards her because funny enough, I bumped into this woman for the first time since that show randomly in, um, in my gym. The same woman? Same woman, I remember. Yeah. And, uh, it was interesting. We were both just the only two people in the changing rooms and, um, she definitely shied away from me. Mm. which was interesting but I didn't I just sent her love I genuinely didn't feel away you know okay well it was done interesting you. yeah yeah it was great it was great rising above yeah yeah wonderful wonderful yeah. good on you thanks that's not always easy yeah especially when you're confronted with that yeah yeah it was it was a good it was a good Test. moment look at yeah. us opening up the podcast with an L no, sad, no, I love this because, OK, so that was that moment. <laughs> yeah. um, and had you not performed that act then since? Uh, a couple of times, but not much. So I put that away for a few years. So at Jenny's show, it was the first time I performed it in over four years, I'd say. Right. OK. Yeah, And I knew because obviously COVID happened in between. So that's why yeah, it's probably so yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just knew it was the right time to bring that out. What you a know, performance. Yeah. Yeah. I just knew that audience was going to appreciate enjoy it and appreciate it. And maybe some people didn't even know that it was as deep as that. It doesn't have to be. You know, mm-hmm. people take whatever they want yeah. from a performance. No, I think it blew all of us you know? away. Um, Thank you. So, yeah. Okay. I felt so, the love. yeah, good. I'm so glad you did. So, ha- how, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about how you got into it in the first place. It's an obvious question, I suppose. How did yeah. it all start for you? I know that dance movement is, is is your purpose in life, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah, definitely. All, has it always been there? Yeah, it's always been a part of my life, but it's never been at the forefront as like a career or, you know, like something that I saw myself doing like this. Um, I suppose I've danced since I'm really little. Like, obviously, we've all done the Irish dancing, you know, started off with the good old jigs. Um, and then me and my friend Louise would always do like uh, kind of hip hop Shakira style Beyonce dances since we were a little deadly yeah and we were um we'd always do like lo- local shows and then I was in a hip-hop crew uh in breakbeat when I was a teenager and but I always danced with people so this is the thing I never saw myself and I don't even mean this as a negative like put myself down I never saw myself as a strong enough performer to be solo it was always like a hobby and a passion and with friends okay you know so but when I look back I'm just so glad like the universe just kept pushing me true struggles as well to kind of get to this place but I suppose 
you know, I only went professional full time as like a performer. I'd say I'm really bad now, like six years ago, seven okay, years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just always been a hobby and a passion, but never. Yeah. Mm. Never like my money earner, if that makes sense. I get you. Yeah. I yeah. would have thought it was longer than that. I do remember the first time I saw you was actually on Louise McSharry's stories and you were performing at an event. No more hotels. Yes. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah. And you did your granny routine. Yes. And I just remember just being glued to her stories going, who is this <laughs> fabulous, <laughs> hilarious creature? And I was like, follow, follow, follow. Uh, you were so cool. And and again, I suppose you need to explain maybe the, the granny character that you sometimes roll out. Um, I love her. So I haven't said this to you because you're going to find this this going to be gas because you're kind of connected. Oh, right. right. Yes, okay. this is interesting. So I... So I entered Miss Burlesque Ireland in 2016. My mom saw it on Facebook and that's when I decided. So 2016 was the, 2015 is when I started. Seven, eight, actually nearly eight years ago, but 2016 was the burlesque year. Anyway, I entered that as a complete newbie to the scene, just went in there and um, there was three sections in the competition and it's a lot of money to go into costumes, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, oh, what do I already have? And I had a granny costume. And the reason why I had a granny costume is because me and my friend Louise used to dress up as grannies, not burlesque or stripping, rapping grannies called the ghetto grannies. And we used to, it was just for the crack. And we entered the All-Ireland talent show. All right. And you're, isn't Grania your yeah, yeah, sister? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she hosted it yes. when we did it. Yeah. Too funny. So we, that's, so that's where the granny came out of. Because I literally was like, I've got a granny costume. <laughs> let's, let's see what we can do. So you had the costume at home and I suppose to set you apart in terms of the act, was it a, just a, a good way of getting in, doing, combining granny with burlesque? Yeah, it was just like, I, like there was a section where it was called unique and you could do whatever you want. And I was like, I'm just going to bring comedy into this. And I just put the, the tassels on my bum. I was like, I'll just do assholes instead. And, you know, I'll just rip it off. The skirt already had Velcro on it. I was like, we're here. We're ready. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, the Granny Boo was born. Granny Boo. Granny Boo, go on. Ah, oh, she's fantastic. <laughs> um, let's, let's talk about burlesque, actually, while you're yeah. talking about it. Because, you know, a lot of us know what it is, but maybe we don't fully understand what defines it mm. how would you how you how would you describe it like what exactly yeah. you know do you need to be to be defined as a burlesque dancer so well, first of all I would call it more so burlesque performer because there's a lot of people that do burlesque and they don't necessarily dance okay so yeah so there's like lots mm. of styles um and I suppose it is kind of focused around the element of striptease but even then people don't always striptease do you know that way but okay. it is kind of deeply rooted in that like striptease kind of reveal and all those moments in their costume pieces yeah but it's deeply rooted in like comedy and parody and I would almost say activism definitely in this day and age you know and so it's storytelling mm. in the form in whatever your passion or talent is that's how I feel it is so like whether it's true dance or the striptease or the comedy or a bit of theater or bringing in really cool costume reveal moments or props and it's kind of like the jack of all trades uh, creative outlet which is why I love it because I'm not really like a professional at one thing so I can bring my dancing into it I can bring my comedy into it and I can yeah. bring my storytelling into it you know yes so I feel like the main thing for burlesque is just having the passion and it's and the confidence to put yourself out there it's like 
it's like sharing your energy and presence. Mm. Yeah. I'll get you on stage. Yeah. Now that would be quite the a step outside the comfort zone, which, is, which, <laughs> which, which, you know what? It's fantastic about what you do, because I know a lot of what you do is workshops and helping, yeah. helping people get outside their comfort zones and tap That's into it. that, which is so cool. And I, I'd love to talk about that some more. But how do you go from, um, you know, wanting to be one of the gang, one of the troop to mm. I'm ready to stand on a stage and own it myself? Yeah, it's a it was a long process and kind of a not even a consciously made one. OK, you know, it was really organic. Like I didn't just wake up and go, I'm going to do this. I actually well, what I did decide to do was definitely go into performing kind of creative mode more often because from my mental health when I was in college and I was studying to be an accountant and I could feel myself kind of getting depressed again you know when those feelings are coming in and I went to the counsellor and she just made it really clear it was something so easy and simple but at the time it wasn't to me she Mm. was like you're not dancing anymore because all my friends are going their separate ways you know it was at that time where people go in colleges and leaving the country and Mm. um, I was like god I'm not and I was like I need to dance again so I kind of went out of my way to start up a class or just to dance with friends and then it just kind of spitballed from that, mm. you know, and yeah, it's just it slowly just kind of wove in and then it just slowly became this kind of where I am now. Yes. You know, which is it's, it's been a it's been a journey. <laughs> and when did when did, when was Bonnie born? You know, because yeah. we, uh, I did ask you yeah. in voice notes back and forth ahead of the chat, you know, can we go there with your name, with yeah. your, you know, as I was saying, the name you were christened with. The name was christened, Sinead. <laughs> I said <Yeah>. it. <laughs> so you're, you, you know, on your birth certificate is yeah. not Bonnie Boo. No, no. Um, it is Sinead <laughs> Gould. Sinead Gould. Yeah. Does anyone call you Sinead anymore? Yes. Okay. Yeah, my family. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> I only go by Bonnie now. <laughs> Mummy. <laughs> um, my family, but it's, but even then my nickname is Ned. So. Oh, right. Yeah, so I actually have loads of names. So, so people in Waterford, they know me obviously from a long time. So they're not going to really call me Bonnie. But even some people have naturally switched to Bonnie without me even saying it. Some of my students have, even though they know me years as Sinead, you know. And then a lot of my good friends will call me Ned. And then so if I... What's Ned about? Ned, it's just short for Sinead. Ned, Ned. Oh, right. Okay. okay and my friend okay. Jillian, right. she'd like a really thick, a Thai accent. And she'd be like, Ned. And it sounded like Ned. And it just stuck. Okay. She just called me Ned <laughs> years ago. But I like it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would introduce myself as Ned if I wasn't in a creative space. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then I'd explain that short for Sinead because people would look at me with this weird face being like, why is she called Ned? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So when when did you decide on on Bonnie? Was that early doors? Yeah. So I knew I wanted a stage name. Yeah. And I knew I wanted a name that was um, I could like use it every day. I suppose because I'm I at the time I wasn't like I'm only going to do burlesque. You know, I as a dancer or as like you know even an MC and you know I just thought Bonnie is a a name that I can introduce myself as. But then it was actually originally Bonnie Boo Peep, like a play on Bo Peep and the Peep obviously with the titties. So and then I was like, it's quite long. I don't need that. And then I found out that Boo in French, if you spell it B-O-U-X, is pout. Yeah. And then that just happened. And it's yeah, great. I love it. I mean, obviously, I think you? it's a fabulous name. Yeah. Bonnie Boo. I mean, really, because I look yeah. back at that now, Sheila, and I, I've said it recently. I was like, God, if I started now, I wouldn't have chosen that name. You know, I would have felt like I would have liked a bit more of an Irish 
kind of element in my name because it's French, you know. No offense to French people. (laughs) (laughs) A great country. Um, But it's uh, obviously it works and it's nice to hear that because I'm like, God, what did I, I just... I don't really put much thought into things. I remember just being in my friend's bedroom and being like, Bonnie Boo, done. Like, yeah. Easy as that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it works, but I do Thank know you. what you mean. Because I, as in, I, I think I see where you're coming from because I know that you're very passionate about all things, the divine feminine and yeah. honoring Celticism and nature. And the land here. Mm. Yeah. So is that why you would have wanted to have yeah. brought it in? Okay. To honor that and... It's a lot of that does inspire me in my art. So yeah. it would be nice to, what would I have done? Like Bonnie Brogue. <laughs> Bonnie Brogue there. <laughs> Bonnie Baron. That's how I am now. <laughs> From now on. Throw in a middle name. You'd Bonnie Baron. Oh my God. Okay, great. Thanks. <laughs> Her Irish cousin. <laughs> she comes in with spuds. Hello. So let's talk about, let's talk about um, your love of nature and your, and your, and your love of honoring the past. Yeah. If we can. Yeah, of course. Because um, I know you have been doing some really interesting creative work as well in that space. And it's something I've spoken about a bit on the podcast uh, previously. And it's wonderful to see that things are evolving. Yeah. And there is a hark back to honoring the past. And yeah. now the first this is the first year that we've had a national day of celebration for Bridget which is a wonderful thing. And you were, you were very much a part of, of those celebrations also. Yeah. Well, I randomly was the photo, the person for the photo call. So I felt, yeah. felt very honoured. Mm. And if that could have been anyone, you know, that's a media thing, I suppose. Um, but it did have a little special place in my heart because I was so excited for that day to be now celebrated. Mm. You know, it was really, really nice. You are somebody who um, I'm getting the feeling is very in tune with with nature and wanting to be, I mean, we are nature. It's not about being out in it. We we are ourselves yeah. nature, but um, you are immersed in it and you, it's, it's, it's your happy place also. Yeah. yeah. Big time. I, you know, if I don't go out into nature on a very regular basis, like I, my life will suffer. Like I think I'll be anxious. I'll be like, I really need to consciously ground myself, but it's not even consciously anymore. It's just part of my life. You know, it's just like, it's just what I do. It's just like, got to go for the swims, got to hug a tree, got to get my feet in the grass. Mm. You know, that teamed with movement is what really pulls me back in and really balances me, you know. And yeah, I just, nature is just fucking beautiful. She's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> so sexy. <laughs> I just want to lie all over and <laughs> tumble and sniff the grass. <laughs> So when you're on stage, right, and I'm so we're like I'm 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 like I was the night in Vicar Street, and I'm there and I'm watching you, and I was going to say I was sitting in the chair, but actually most of us were up on our feet and we were hooping and hollering. Yeah. But um, we're watching you, and mm-hmm. it's it's really inspiring and it's really empowering. But I also would really struggle to see myself do what you do, and I know a big mm-hmm. part of your work is to help. Others feel like, well, if I can do it, so can you. Yes. How do you get there? Oh, like how does someone, how do I get to a place to share that? Or does, how does someone get to the place that I'm? Kind of all of it, all really, of it, in yeah. the sense that how did, I suppose the, the first question is probably, how did you get there yourself first? Okay, yes, yes. You got to get there first and then. To be able to show others. Show them, others And how... then lead the way. Mm. 
yeah. Did it come very naturally to you? It did in lots of ways. The passion was natural. The drive was natural, you know, but it still came with its like little challenges and anxieties, which but I'm really stubborn in that way. I'm not a stubborn person, but when it comes to feeling a fear or feeling like I can't do something, I immediately am like, well, now you're going to have to do it. You know, I'm very like that's if that's something you want to do and you think you can't, you're now going to have to prove yourself and do it, you know, and for me, I have always been naturally sensual with my body mm. since I'm young. Mm. I've always danced with my hips and my bum and everything, which doesn't have to be sensual either because like other cultures would twerk and it's not at all. It's a celebration. It doesn't have to be. I suppose sensual is different to sexual, though. This is the difference. Yeah, yeah. And so I've always moved that way with my body. And even when I was on like my hip hop crew, you know, and I love all the styles, I was always kind of like, can we just put like a little booty shake in there, you know, and can we just like do this, <laughs> you know? And so naturally dancing and it was more so dancing than burlesque at the start, you know, dancing in that way, feeling that feminine energy and really it was was natural and was there for me. And then when I realized I wanted to do burlesque, um, it's obviously come with like a lot of practice. You know, it was natural for me to want to get up on that stage, but it wasn't like polished or ready, you know what I mean? And even, I suppose, but what I've, what I've always had since I'm very young, and I think it goes back a lot to the support of my parents, but also like there's lots of factors as to how we who we are and how we're shaped. I've always been very free and confident in who I am mm. and never felt like I had to explain that or be anything different than what I wanted to be. I suppose that's come from a young age. So when it came to burlesque, it wasn't even in my mind too out there or too scary. Do you know, it was just a form of. Yeah. So you came from a very supportive, very supportive background where there wasn't any, which is great. And that's what we want. Amazing. You know, your parking shame because it has no place. Yeah. Um, But that's not often the case either, particularly in what has been up until now, because I know things are changing massively, but yeah. Ireland has been quite conservative. Yes. You yeah. know, no big time. And I suppose I'm lucky now, Sheila, because the spaces are there now. It was the people before me that had to fight even harder to mm. do what I'm doing now, mm. you know. So it's still easier, it, even though it comes with its challenges, it was still a lot easier. And I knew that, like, I was really supported. I didn't have to think of my family shaming me or anything like that you know quite the opposite great and um but I was really scared so so the social media aspect of my work is what what made me uh fearful Mm. so I was totally happy to go on stage and do what I do and it was literally it was like it was like discovering this part of me when I started that was just like a fire I was like oh my god this is coming so natural and there's still loads of work and learning to do but like it was just coming out of me but when it came to having to put that onto social media, that's where I really had to work on it. And I suppose the social media is what exposes you to other people for other people to feel inspired mm. and to be like, I can do yeah. that too. But I was terrified of posting up um, sexy pictures of myself. Sounds so Irish. <laughs> sexy pictures. <laughs> <laughs> feel very high in my I'm so sexy. Um, so Yeah, I would imagine. It I is, was. of course. Yeah. But I was fearful because I was creating all these scenarios in my head because my anxiety used to be wicked bad and it's I've gotten a right grasp on it now, thank God. And I was just creating all these scenarios and literally would be like sick to my stomach, but never enough 
well, it was it was hard, but still always did it. Felt the fear and did it anyway. I remember the first time I posted up a picture of me topless with my tassels on on Facebook, and I shot myself. It's <laughs> always oh coming out my arse, but, but I got to leave it up there and just do it, you know. And this yeah. is like it's like exposure. Yeah. It's like I'm going to have to keep exposing myself, feeling this fear, and mm. it'll finally it'll become normal. And it became normal. And now I couldn't give. It's the I wouldn't even say I couldn't give a shit because I do give a shit. It's like it's nothing but positivity and. Like, I just feel so open and full and content to be out there the way I am. Great. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's pretty obvious from anyone listening that I hugely respect the work that you do. And I think you're wonderful, truly oh, wonderful. Um, but I have seen you sometimes, you know, say on Instagram that something you've put up, be it a reel or an image, has been taken down. Oh, yeah. And I get so frustrated for you. <laughs> Thanks. Because what you're what you're doing, what you're putting, putting out there mm. is, is really important. And, you know, it's. They're just not getting it. Yeah, I don't know what the story is, if it's like if there's an actual person doing it or if it's just an algorithm that's scanning pictures and sees flesh. <laughs> They're like, no flesh. It makes more sense that it's probably just an algorithm. It's probably just a flesh thing. But then but then it doesn't make sense because if it was just a flesh thing, um, there's like huge celebrities that will put up, you know, pictures and they don't get taken down, mm. you know, so m- maybe not. Actually, there is... Um, they just have it in for you. Have it in, it's just for me, yeah. If um, there's a lady... Oh, blogger on the poll I think is their Instagram handle and they do a lot of work in this and actually like they're an academic and they're a pole dancer and they like have like direct discussions with Instagram about all this oh interesting yes but look for now we'll just have to what I do is I have a rule for every arse picture I put up I put up a few (laughs) non-arse pictures so then then they're not after me as much (laughs) that's my plan (laughs) so by by pushing yourself by pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, by, yeah. you know, breaking through that that fear barrier all the time, you're getting more confident. Mm. And now you're at a point where you're like, hey, 
It's all good. So now that you're at this point, I know you've been doing it years, but because you yourself are fully, fully empowered, you've, you've, you know, you've arrived, you can then share that magic with others through your workshops. Yeah. And I love, I love my workshops. They're so great. And, you know, so I do so many different styles of workshops, I suppose. And sometimes I can call them dance workshops, but then compared to other dance workshops, it's not that technical. You know, because like dancing can, you know, requires a lot of training. So then, I'm, but it's not quite on the complete wellness side either. But I, so I just feel like what I do is I use movement and particularly sensual movement as a tool for you to feel good and to believe in yourself and to build your confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just think, you know, any hobby and any outlet does that for people. Um, but particularly with women and that sort of movement, it's so healing. And especially in Ireland with our history of dare I go there you know yeah of of the women in Ireland how they were treated that you know it's not that long ago and you know I just think it's really important for people to start loving their bodies for them and moving their bodies for them and feeling it for them you know I used to do a yoga class um where the teacher had trained in qigong and we used Mm. to do what she called the teacup dance yeah and it was about moving your hips from side to side and then around. And it was a very deliberate movements. And, and then she put on music and you'd go at your own pace, but moving together. And it was men and women. It wasn't just all women, but it was it was very sensual. And I found it a really empowering class to Brilliant. do because of that movement that mm. in there was some part of my brain that was saying, no, no, not allowed to do that. Yeah. But the part of you that wanted to and that allows yourself to do it. Mm. Um, it felt so good. It felt so good because you were just moving in tune with your body. This is things like the circle of life. So I, I imagine you were stirring the cup of tea with your hips. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And then there were hand movements, but it was all about kind of getting that fluidity into the hips and legs and, and the whole body yeah. uh, moving rather than jerky movements. It was about keeping it smooth and soft and flowy. And flowy. Yeah. And basically yeah. opening up the hips and. This it was thing. wonderful for flexibility. Yeah. And, you know, we store a lot of emotion in our hips and a- that area. So you're like, remo- you know, you're moving stagnant energy and you're getting your body moving. And also it's that movement is natural in everyone. Some people were like, nah, I'm like, no, it is. It's just it's just we've gotten removed from it, depending on your lifestyle or your environment or your culture. And well, I mean, if anyone is, at, you know, a side of a pitch and they're watching, you know, training happening as well, <laughs> yeah. you'll see a lot of men and women do that movement to help with their lower back. Yeah, this is the thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. that's not seen as a sex. They're just, they're doing it because they need to do Legit- it to yeah. limber up and be ready for the game. So we need to normalize, Sheila, that, you know, anywhere you are in town, outside fucking Stephen's Green, that you can just be grinding your hips yeah, grind by yourself your and no, one, no one's batting an eyelid. <laughs> Let's talk about the movements because there's, there's some key ones that we know of and yeah. it's interesting you touched on it. You touched on twerking and you mentioned that it, it's because it, it, I mean, obviously, when, when I think of twerking, I do yeah. think of it as a sexual movement, mm. as a fun, playful, you know, let's get down. Yeah, um, yeah. But, <laughs> but you're saying that its origins were not that. Yeah. I mean, so twerking would be a newer term and that like the twerking you would see a lot in music videos, you know, and bouncing the booty and it'd be a lot of like from America more, you know, because it would have been here. People wouldn't people wouldn't have naturally twerked here. 60 years ago I'd say <laughs> yeah. you know but twerking actually comes from uh, an African dance yeah like all different cultures will have their style of we won't call it twerking we'll call it hip and 
booty dancing, you know, whatever it is, because there's all different names on it, depending on the origin and the countries, because like South America as well, like Brazilian funk dancing, you'll see them all do the hip movements as well. And so it's a dance of celebration. And in some cultures, you know, the dance can mean different things for different occasions and different. But it's like it's a dance for everyone. So it's not the, the origins aren't sexual. The origins aren't too to be that way but also it can it's beautiful to use it in that way as well okay but like you know you'll see kids essentially doing that dance okay you know yeah because to it's express part, joy express joy and celebrate and you know because it's, it's part of their culture and it's like a, a real natural movement from them they're just born into it you know mm. and that's why i think if we're just going to focus on irish people that I do think that we're all capable of moving our hips like that. We just haven't really had the opportunity because Irish dancing is like rigid, rigid. And it's beautiful. I love Irish dancing, you know, so it's just it's years and years and years of what we're used to, mm. you know. So I do think that that hip movement is there to be unlocked in everyone. And then, you know, old Irish dancing, you know, separate to Irish dancing is Dance de Shanos. Mm. And that has a far more fluidity in the body. Yes. While it still may not be booty booty drops yeah, yeah. and twerking, it is a bit more fluid in, in the hip and in the arms as well. You yeah. do see a lot more movement. I'd love to talk about some of the key moves that perhaps we can all do while we're listening to this pod, oh, if you're yes. out for a walk or you're in the car, you know, well, I know you can't really move in the car, but you can. Oh, we can make it work. You can wiggle, yeah, yeah. you can wiggle in the chair safely. <laughs> um, you know, what can we do that, that, that can help us feel better and feel more connected to our bodies? Yeah. I mean, first of all, put on a song that you love. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing. There's no specific music that you need. You, if you want to move your hips to Beethoven, like go for it. Right. So that's number one. Put on a song you love. And uh, <laughs> I love twerking to classical music. And really? Then, yeah. Or standards. Uh, <laughs> Sharon. So um, I suppose you were talking about the cup of tea thing earlier. I always say in my, to my students that, you know, we've always got this imaginary, we've got a little pencil in our butt cheeks and we're drawing that circle on the floor. You're going to bend the knees. You're going to open your legs to shoulder width a bit wider. And you're just going to let your pelvis roll around and draw that circle on the floor. I feel like that's a good circle of life movement. And you know, when people are like, I can't twerk. I'm like, if you can trust, you can twerk because it's the same pelvic movement, but you're just bringing your arse up and back the way instead of your crotch forward. You know, everyone has the trusting thing. I'm telling you, you know, everyone trusts. And uh, so, yeah, I think practicing your reverse trusts because I'm not there to show people properly now and getting those circle of life's going and figure eights. Do you ever do the figure eights mm, with your hips as well? Yeah. Which would be using belly dancing and loads yeah, of different, yeah. um, like the infinity. Yeah, it feels yeah. so good. It feels, feels amazing. Yeah. It feels amazing. Just letting yourself go to your, one of your favorite songs. If you, do, if you could do one song every day and move your hips in that way, you're going to really do good things for yourself. So separate to, to dance, to burlesque, to workshops, you actually have fingers in a fair few pies, don't you? We do. We do, yeah. You do a lot. Yeah. Um... So I know clothing and clothing lines and, and all of that, but I'd love to talk about being a wedding celebrant. Yeah. Is that a recent thing? Um, during COVID. Fabulous. I started, yeah. Um, I, 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 I've done a good few weddings there, but I actually started an organisation called NTOS Ireland only last September. I'm finished training with them now in May and I'm going to, I'm a legal solemnizer with that organisation, um, which is amazing. And their ethos is like inclusivity and um, 
yeah, all of the fates and no fates and whatever your wedding is to you. It's just about love. So it's really, really nice to be able to like have no limits on what sort of ceremony people might want, you know, because it's all so individual to the partners. So it's great. Gorgeous. Yeah. What drew you to doing that? Few things. I'm but the, one of the things is and I will start with this and people be like to start with this is because, of course, you got to enjoy something and I knew I'd enjoy it. But I'm really kind of like logistical and kind of like, right, practical with things. And I, I'm always constantly thinking of what can I do to add on to what I already do that all kind of works together. Mm. And I'm all about being time rich. You know, what sort of jobs can I do that are condensed down and it's not a 10 hour day, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And great. the wedding celebrant industry, like it's amazing because you're still self-employed. You're, you, I get to pick my hours. I'm working with people. I'm public speaking. I'm writing. I'm, you know, just dealing with good energy. Everyone's happy getting married. It's just such a positive, lovely space. Uh, it's an emotional space as well, but I'm here for that. And so it just seemed right. And, you know, I was like, what skills do I have? And I just felt like I had, obviously, still loads to learn always, but I had the skills that it mm. takes to be a wedding celebrant. Yeah, of course. With the work I already do. Yeah, because you know, you're I, confident you can stand up in front of people. That's, yeah, you're not going to get, you know, that kind of stage fright that others might get yeah. because they wouldn't be used to it. So, But it still is terrifying, though. Is it? Do you know what? When I got up to my first wedding, I was, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. It's, I am more nervous doing a wedding ceremony than I would be standing on Vicar Street stage. Really? Yeah, yeah, definitely. If I had right now got was able to choose what one I would cho- oh, for nervous reasons, I would choose the stage. I choose the stage for passion reasons as well. To be fair, but mm, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a good job going forward. That doesn't use my body as well because I have like um, fibromyalgia and like hypermobility issues, and so I would I really need to think of my future as well. What I can do that still allows me to be who I am celebrates when you know I don't have to be someone I'm not I'm still self-employed but it doesn't use my body so that was another reason Mm. you're after opening up something big now before we get to that I just wanted to ask because you seem you seem so extroverted obviously when you're on stage like that night yeah you know at the uh, you know in Vicar Street you are you know bigger than big in terms of your personality is booming is it because when you're a wedding celebrant you're more you're more Sinead than you are Bonnie so is it, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm. It, so as a result, is it a bit more ex- exposing? Like what I'm trying to say is, are you more introverted when you're not, you know, pulling on the mask of Bonnie as it were? Yeah. So I would be very intro and extroverted depending on um, how I feel, my environment and kind of what I'm doing. I feel like I'm a mixture of both, but I'm a lot more introverted than people realize. Because obviously, if you only see one side of someone, you know, what I do is very out there, you know. But I think there's a difference between confidence and then being extroverted, you know. And like, I'm really confident and enjoy what I do, but doesn't mean that I want to be that extra all the time. Mm. You know, that's like, you know, I don't walk into a room and want everyone to look at me because I've walked into a room. Like on stage, that's my place where we've made that agreement that you're watching me now, you know? And um, I suppose with the wedding ceremonies, you're you're there for the couple. You're not there for you. So what I mean by that is it's not about me when I'm marrying someone. Yeah. It's about them. Yeah. And because it's about them, I think the nervousness is coming from a place of really caring because I need to make sure that they 
have a great ceremony. Mm -hmm. You know, they haven't bought tickets to come to my show and know what they're going to get. They've booked me to do a job and I want to make sure because it's a really special day for them that they get that day. Yeah. And that's not about highlighting or putting a spotlight on me. It's about doing it in a way that I get my energy across, but I don't take over because it's not it's not I'm not on stage. But you are, but you're not. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's a lot more, I think, mindfulness Mm. that goes into that and then I'm not Bonnie and I know that you know you know like god I could do with a clap right now sure I'll just shake my bum like you can't do that at a wedding like, yeah not, not that you want to be clapped at either but you, you know it's about reading a room and you want to yeah. make sure everyone's feeling good and and really just yeah you want people to feel at home you know yes which yeah. I love doing mm. but yes yeah, so you've got to be a, a lot more mindful of that yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. sure so you mentioned fibromyalgia um and you know dealing with chronic a chronic condition or conditions in yeah. your case. So can we talk about that and how yeah. that impacts you in terms of your day-to-day living? Yeah. So I know we, we touched on it earlier and then I didn't delve into this at the time, but how, like getting kind of diagnosed with this is kind of what did bring me to where I am now because I was living in England and um, I was just really ill and like signed off work. And, you know, I was, I've, I've kind of been just really sick since I'm a teenager, to be honest. Uh, it's just become a real part of my life from, with irritable bowel syndrome as well, which I totally make a joke of and it's all good. But like, it was really bad. Like, do you mm. know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> it was like, going to bring my diarrhea tablets with me, you know, like it's, and it's good and I can laugh about it and I always have, which is great. But all of that is obviously was, was flared up from an undiagnosed condition as well. And then not eating the right foods because you didn't know you had what you had. And the knowledge wasn't there when you're yeah. younger. Yeah. You know, like we have so much knowledge at our fingertips now that you can you can really like zone in on what you need, you know? Mm, mm. So I suppose I did suffer for a long, long time just due to ignorance and lack of understanding and a lot of gaslighting, to be honest with you, with medical professionals, which everyone's probably experienced at some stage. And um, yeah, when I had to move back home because I was living in Brighton and I was too sick to work a full-time job and I... I remember just having debilitating headaches, like so bad and chronic fatigue, like so bad. And I still do suffer with the fatigue uh, to this day. It's one of my hardest things. And um, I started a weekly dance class purely because I was like, I need to kind of do something mm. and I need a bit of structure in my week and I need, it's a, it's just something for me. And, you know, and that's when I got back into teaching. And that was, I think, two years before I became Bonnie Boo. Yeah. So like I, I planned to move back to England or I actually planned <laughs> planned to go around Europe busking. I remember like, I'm going to go busking around. I'm going to be a belly dancing leprechaun. I was just a bit, <laughs> I think I was just thinking of all the things I could do. Mm. And um, But I was, I ran away for years thinking that I was anxious and down because of where I lived. And actually it wasn't where I lived. It was the home within me that felt like that. So I was, when I was forced to come back because I wasn't well I was I faced a lot of stuff and found happiness where I lived which has been like life-changing for me and it's really opened my eyes to like a lot of the time you run away from the problem but you are the problem and I was my own problem physically it wasn't my fault but then that came with its mental challenges and emotional challenges which wasn't my which you know was not like it's understanding why I felt certain ways but also I was the only person that could change that you know so I was like faced with a lot in terms of like 
my anxiety and what I can do and victimizing myself then when I was sick and thinking why me and I think everyone has that journey of when you get diagnosed or something it's like acceptance is the biggest thing to go forward so it took me a long time but it was through my art form and being creative that I accepted it and when I accepted it I could like start to get control over it and mm. I'm not as sick at all anymore Brilliant. like I am I, I do don't I have to work really hard to be the way I am okay. with my health you know mindfully like exercise wise rest wise like I, I can't do an all nighter party with people they'll be tired the next day I'll probably get really sick the next week because right, my immune okay. system will suffer do you okay, know yeah. so I've had to make a lot of decisions and a lot of discipline in myself but it actually suits my personality because I don't want to go out and party all night. I want to get up and go for a swim in the morning, you yeah. know, and that's what brought me to this. So I had to like redesign my whole lifestyle and how I see things and how I how I enjoy life, I suppose. And then, yeah, that's kind of. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so glad for you that, um, you know, for you, movement, dance, performance has actually been a huge part of your healing journey. Yeah, big time. Which is why I use that tagline, dance yourself free, because mm. that, that's what it did for me. But then it's funny because it equally uh, causes me a lot of pain as well. OK, OK. So it's can like, I ask again, because yeah. actually for those listening and you know, like I, I do know somebody who has fibromyalgia. But yeah. for those listening who might be going, what does that actually mean? Because that's what's mm. tricky about it as a condition. It's it, it, it kind of covers a wide area. It's very broad and it's very it's down it's very individual mm. to each person it can manifest so differently yeah it's, it's like you know and there's so many symptoms and then one symptom could be huge for one person and not for the other you mm. know for me it's uh the fatigue is is the hardest thing and but like it's I still have it but I can manage it more like there was times where I would just I'd be so tired that I wouldn't want to get up for my flight in the morning to go on holidays because it's too painful to wake up because I'm too tired. Whereas other people would be like, I'm going on holidays. I'll be up at three. And I, I knew then, I remember, I was like, I'm not normal. Like, what's wrong with me? Okay. Like, I actually want to cry because I'm so tired. Right. You know? Getting emotional now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. And it's like, I wasn't doing anything to be tired. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's actually making yeah no take your time it is it is <laughs> yeah so I remember like stuff like that and just not being as I always felt a little bit different and I know everyone probably does I don't mean different in a cool way but just being like why can't I do what everyone's doing I would like have to like like I said if I if I did something physically I'd suffer for afterwards and other yeah. people you know just those things and I was doing all the right things and I wasn't drinking like obviously I did drink when I was younger but not even to the same amount other people were doing I barely drink now I don't smoke I don't you know but pain I suppose like um joint pain and muscle pain headaches um and inflammation stuff comes a lot so like you know I had plantar fasciitis a lot I'll get tennis elbow and wrists like loads of things but I've got hypermobility stuff going on I'm going to see an EDS specialist now this year Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome and to hopefully get some answers and I got told by my um physio before being like because I would come into them and I've been so much pain and it's because my joints go a bit further than the natural range say right, so then you're okay. like you're just injuring yourself I tore my tendon in my hamstring last year like by accident <laughs> do you know right. so 
and they were like, what, you know, maybe you should reconsider dancing. I'll never forget when they said it to me. You should reconsider dancing full time because, you know, your joints. And I was, remember just being like, oh God. And it's funny because even though I knew what she was saying was true to an extent, I, I didn't take it on board and I continued. But I suppose I just need to be really careful. There's a fine line. It's kind of like, here's the spectrum. Here's no movement and here's lots of movement. And my body needs to be in a controlled area here. Mm, okay. So my medicine is the gym because you need to strengthen your joints to stop them from hurting so much. And like my pelvis moves a lot and I need to get readjusted all the time by the chiropractor and stuff like that all the time. Um, and my chiropractor, John, is my friend. So I'm very lucky. Mm. But um, and yeah. this is the side of things that we don't see. Yeah. So when you're performing, whether we're watching a video online or we're seeing your live performance of yours, yeah. we're just seeing the polished you and your in your look, your outfit, whatever it is, looking amazing, performing brilliantly. But we don't see it's like that image before mm. of the, ba- the the ballerina's feet. You know, that yeah, that, that, the, seen, that yes. was an amazing one um, about the, what we don't see. Mm. And that is so true, particularly for the life of, of a performer, of a dancer. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, everyone has something going on in their life. Do you know what I mean? They do. But, but, a, but you have the added layer then of, of, of the conditions that you're trying to manage also. With such a physical job. Yeah. With such you know, a physical job and something that is you're deeply passionate about. Yeah. So them saying to you, you know, why don't you give up the dancing kind of thing? That must feel like just an impossibility. Who are you without dance? Yeah, I don't know, because it's saved me so many times and mm. continues to. And, you know, when I'm dancing, it's kind of only the rare it's one of the rare times where my mind quietens down. Okay. So even on is a, it your meditation? Yes, exactly. So even on a mental health level alone, it's just it quietens my mind because mm. you can't, you don't, you don't have time to think when you're like dancing and moving to the music, you know, and you know, and I find it hard. And then to like do a, a still meditation, like to sit down, and then i used to kind of beat myself up a bit but i'm not going to do that anymore because i feel like we all need to accept and learn what works for us mm. and just because like years ago for example i remember thinking running you know if you want to be fit you got to run because that's what people you know there's so many ways to be fit yeah. and different types of exercises and you know you need to find what works for you and so yeah. for me movement meditation works what i'll do is i'll get on the floor with some yoga mats headphones on and I'll blast like Ludovico Einaudi or hmm. like uh, Mozart, but I love classical music. And I'll do really slow, intuitive movements. Like, I mean, I'm, if anyone walked in, I'm just like <laughs> in this like glass case of emotion, like rolling on the floor and breathing. And that's my meditation. Yeah. Yeah. Gorgeous. Anything that allows your mind to quieten and for you to be able to focus on your breath for a moment yeah. is magical. And yeah, it could be anything. Yeah, absolutely anything, you know, yeah. and I think it's really important that everyone finds that one thing. If you can move your body and just literally get out to some green area. <laughs> yeah, you're doing well. You're doing well. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Bonnie, thank you so much for being here. It's been a brilliant chat. Uh, it was so lovely to meet you in person. I know, you too. I can't wait to see you perform live again because it was such an experience. Oh. And I would urge anyone listening, if you you know find an event that she's performing at make sure you get a ticket because it is something wonderful to behold really is thank Thank you so much thank you you're a star honestly 
You can catch Bonnie as part of Jenny Keane's tour in September and her own show happening in Waterford next year on Valentine's Day is one not to be missed. Just go to her Instagram page for more information and subscribe to her mailing list to never miss her events. Thank you so much for listening to Ready To Be Real. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.